Hi all, welcome to Celestial Waves podcast once again. Uh, today I am going to be talking with uh, astrologer Fernando Raul from Puerto Rico Island. And uh, we are going to be talking about the 6th, 8th and 12th houses from Vedic astrology point of view. So welcome Fernando, it's a pleasure having you. Thank you Ashwin, thank you for uh, inviting me here and hello to all your viewers. I'm very glad to be here. Okay, fine, thanks. And uh, this is something like... Uh, I would like to tell people like Fernando is one of my first online <laughs> astrologer friend. Facebook buddies, Facebook buddies. <laughs> yeah. one, not one of my, but the first astrologer friend on Facebook. So I'm, I'm, we have had so much of conversations uh, via Facebook all these days, I think probably around a year at this point of time. But yes, uh, this particular a podcast or a YouTube thing never came across our mind until Vanita, uh, another astrologer uh, from our own community, actually ignited it in our minds. So maybe you are doing your you are doing your own uh, YouTube video stuff in Spanish about Vedic and Gemini astrology. If I'm not wrong. Yes, yes, Ashwin. I have a YouTube channel, Fernando Raul Astrology. It's mainly Spanish-speaking Jyotish uh, videos. Uh, the thing is that there's a, not a lot of material in Spanish, and I'm trying to, you know, fill that gap, fill that void with high-quality videos. I'm doing everything. I'm going step-by-step, step, you know. I'm doing planets' houses. Or say, I'm doing science. I'm doing planet. I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm trying to be like the Spanish reference uh, uh, choice in YouTube for all Spanish-speaking people who are interested in, in uh, Vedic astrology. Uh, that's brilliant. I think you're, a, you're, you're like a brand ambassador who is like bridging the gap the, between the Spanish language and Vedic astrology. So, oh, and let me tell you, there are a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking astrologers who practice Vedic astrology. There, there are quite a few and they're quite good. I mean, people who have gone to India who have studied with gurus and have come back. But the thing is that they're all over the place. Like we're not like, like Spanish speaking people are not like the Anglo uh, European Americans that they're more organized. We're, we're not that organized sometimes and we're all over the place, but I'm trying to, you know, uh, bridge people together and, and bring them all together to, to exchange ideas and to improve uh, uh, the Jyotish practice here in Spanish speaking countries in America and in Europe and Spain, obviously. Okay, uh, that's something I've been, uh, like, I was amazed to see that some of the South Americans from the Spanish-speaking countries are actually into Vedic astrology, and I was completely blown away by the fact that they are doing Vedic astrology, and uh, and initially, uh, I looked up to your channel, but <laughs> I wish I understood Spanish language. No, I, I know, I know, it's, it's, it, I mean, don't worry about it. And to all your viewers who want to subscribe to my channel, don't worry, if you don't know Spanish, you don't have to subscribe, it's okay. But the thing is, eventually, I'm gonna do English speaking videos, I'm looking for uh, subtitle uh, software so I can do the subtitles in English, so that, I, and I mean, eventually, YouTube is gonna have like an automatic algorithm to put the subtitles in. I mean, it's just a matter of time. I guess it's gonna yeah, be yeah. here in some time, 10 years maybe, maybe less, I don't know. But you know, it, as, as, as I, I think I told you this before, but we're living through our, uh, an astrology renaissance, like globalization and astrology and internet is coming all together and people from different places, from different nations, are, are starting to reconnect with, with the essence of this tradition. And it's just a matter of, of, of a few decades until you see that everybody's doing more or less uh, 
it's studying more or less the same in terms of astrology. It's, 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 it's a very exciting time to be practicing Ashwin, actually. Exactly. So I think it is basically globalization of astrology. Without a doubt. And I mean, and I've said this before, like what internet has done for astrology is like what sound did for film. Like just, just, you know, I'm talking with you. I'm in one side of the world and you're in another. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> these, these types of conversation happen all the time, all the time. Yeah, and uh, I I'd also like to say one more interesting fact that uh, Fernando Raul is being part of uh, the writers group of Celestial Vibes magazine, and he has already submitted his article for the fourth issue, which is about to be released uh, sometime during the early September. And uh, I I also like to take time to thank uh, each and every subscriber and also uh, the buyers who took time uh, to check out. The, both the sub subscribed issues and also those who purchased the single issues. So it was quite motivating and uh, I also thank all my writers at this time. So this is a, I think I use this platform uh, to like express globally that uh, this is like nothing without the writers and their great contributions. So, uh, and I would like to welcome you, Fernando, uh, to the write writer's group of Celestial Vibes magazine. And it's a pleasure having you. And I already read your uh, article on uh, planetary dignities, and uh, it was great. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe we should, maybe we should uh, come together to do a podcast session on planetary dignity from Vedic astrology point of view. Uh, I think that is yet another important topic that we can touch upon. So, without wasting time, I think we'll quickly jump into today's topic, which is the 6th, 8th and 12th houses from Vedic astrology point of view. And uh, they are basically called the Dushtanas or the negative houses of, uh, I think it's negative houses, uh, the 6th, 8th and 12th are the negative houses in all forms of astrology, not just uh, Vedic astrology, whosoever, like whichever form of astrology that uses uh, whole sign or equal house systems will will have sixth, eighth, and twelfth houses as uh, dushtanas or uh, negative uh, areas of the chart. So, I think there is a geometrical relationship between why six, eight, and twelve uh, are considered to be negative because of their uh, strategical position or uh, not a proper strategical position from the ascendant. Well, you know, there are many ways of uh, describing why they're bad. I mean, one can do the analogy of the geodynamic position of the horizon and how these are uh, related to the positions of the sun and how some positions are bad. Like, for example, the sun in the eighth, when you see the, the sun in the eighth, is just the sun just a little bit above uh, the horizon at the west. So sometimes when you're driving your car and you see the sun right there, you can't see very well the road, so you gotta put the visor on. And you know, th these analogies in terms of the mathematical relationship to the place you are born or the place where you are whenever you wanna do like a, a prashna or, or you're planning a muhurta or whatever, uh, those types of things make sense. Also, bhavat bhavan, I mean, you can do a lot of things to figure out why they're bad. But in a way, you know, as you said before, uh, in the in the classics, they stipulate that there are evil houses. I mean, you said it, Dushtana, the place of misfortune or the place of wickedness would be in Sanskrit. Uh, also, they call them trick houses or Tirika houses, which would be the allusion that there are three houses. Uh, 
but they stipulate, I mean, in, in Parashara, they stipulate that these houses are evil houses, okay? Yeah. So from the get-go, you're like, oh, oh, what, what's going on here? Why are they bad? And, and I mean, they're bad because they affect the body. And, and, and unfortunately, I mean, life is, is you know, you know a, a teacher of mine says, you know, uh, life is fair, but life is hard. You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. got to work hard. And, and, you know, today we live in a world, I mean, most of our generation wants everything to be, you know, fine and dandy. Everything's uh, spring, everything's summer. But in life, there are uh, autumns and there are winters. And, you know, you, you can't have everything uh, is, is fine and dandy. You, you have karmas to, to experience. Uh, we all have to go through the, the realities of uh, being a spiritual being in a uh, physical body. We have to experience pain, sickness, death, expenditure. And uh, that's why these are evil houses, because they affect our body, uh, which is our most immediate thing, which is our most uh, uh, a, a basic thing that we need to experience our karmas and express our sankaras, okay? So why is the 6th, the 8th, and the 12th bad? I mean, uh, most of your viewers know this already. So, you know, 6th, deceased, deaths, enemies, 8th, sudden ups and downs, occult, secrets, that intense energy that changes our life. And of course, the 12th expenditure ends. I mean, that's part of life. And I wouldn't say they're evil, as they say on the classics, as, as many times uh, translation problems, you know, uh, as have that, you know, they put these words that today were so sensitive with language. But in the olden days, it's like this and this, you're going to die. This and this, your mother's going to die. You know, and, and we have to take this with uh uh, we have to take this delicately and we have to read and we have to study and we have to see it in practice, okay? So in, in a way, uh, th these, these are evil houses. And, and when you do uh, uh, yogas, you realize what Arishta yogas are and how these are related to the 6th, 12th, and 8th, right? So, um, uh, you know, but there's a lot of myth. We, we, we have to realize this. I mean... Uh, uh, not everything in life is going to be a cake, a dessert. You know, you, you're going to go hungry sometimes. Uh, you're going to feel bad sometimes. And even don't look at the, the houses. Just look at the planets. I mean, we all have Saturn somewhere. We all have a fear. We all have uh, uh, something to face, to grow up. We all have to go to work. We have a Mars somewhere. We're going to have accidents. We're going to have bad times, unexpected uh, situations. You know, well, we all have Rahu and Ketu. We, we have a karmic past. We have a dharmic calling. And we all have the sun, which will separate us from the things that do not ins inspire us, that do not serve our purpose in life. So, um, you see, bad houses exist, but they are not necessarily the worst thing ever. And we're going to talk about this today, uh, little by little. Yeah, and uh, let's, let's make it very clear that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, as stated in the classics, as evil houses, the 6th, 8th and 12th may not necessarily be uh, entirely evil, but they, they can also be constructive and uh, uh, they can really be like uh, those areas of the charts that can give hardships to our lives. So uh, I think astrology evolves over time and uh, it also changes over time. So like before 2000, 2000 years or 1500 years, uh, a disease or even a like a small disease could end up fatal, being fatal. But that's not the case today. So the, the effect of the sixth house uh, 
uh, in causing diseases and leading to death may not be necessarily the same uh, like it was before so i think we need to like transform ourselves as astrologers uh, and we just need to read the classic texts and we need to apply in today's context i think it is really significant and impo important for uh, every practicing astrologers so yeah that's what it is so so as you said sixth house eighth house and twelfth house so why are they really bad uh, from so every basic astrologer knows that we have 12 houses but if you see the sixth eighth and twelfth houses gives the maximum uh, like the deeds that relate to hardship the first house doesn't relate to hardship the second house even though it is considered as maraka it gives incomes gains and it signifies your family uh, the third house even though it is considered as a hidden house or a, a partial like a malefic house uh, it gives courage and valor and also it relates to art and music and other things and uh, you see the, the fourth house relates to all worldly comforts and our mother like fifth house and you know what it is like fortune not just necessarily fortune it is children childbirth creativity knowledge intelligence etc but when you come to sixth house it brings uh, like the exact uh, like symmetrical point of what we spoke for uh, the first five houses so it is like uh, diseases debts and uh, enemies or stuff and uh, even though seventh house is considered as maraka seventh house deals with union spouse and partnership business and uh, short distance travels which might not necessarily be bad it, it can also be very good so but you 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 have to ask a married man for that <laughs> yeah, I, i can understand that yeah i'm married and uh, i've had a uh, fortunately i've had a three years so i i'd like to consider myself uh in that zone of the seventh house where i am fortunate <laughs> so uh, and again eighth house brings the transformation and uh, i don't necessarily uh, like stick to the fact of death with the eighth house i think eighth house is also transformation and rebirth and uh, most importantly eighth house is astrology eighth house deals with all the uh, occult things that are hidden to this world like we need to delve deep into those things and ninth house relates to your father the biggest guru that one can get in their lives and uh, i don't want to go more about eighth house because eighth house also has so many things like long distance travel and stuff fortune and uh, guru all the stuff and 10th house fame popularity profession etc and 11th house and which planet doesn't do well in 11th house can you tell me <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry which planet what like which planet doesn't do well in 11th house every planet does well in 11th every house. planet does well there I yeah mean, so and 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 it's it's the worst uh, trishalaya so in in ancient times you, you see this is very interesting because in ancient yeah. times it was the worst uh, trishalaya why because it would bind you more to this world because you were really doing exactly exactly now today we're all materialistic so you know you know i, I have mars in the 11th so you know I'm I'm there you know you do yes ah look look we have something in common but i mean in a way we are we are getting more karmic debt because of that but today in modern society i mean 
but in ancient times, spiritual wise, because it's the twelfth from the twelfth, and and you know, uh, but yeah, every planet does well there. I mean, unless uh, of course depends on dignity, but yeah, everybody everybody does well there. So eleventh is also considered to be good, even though eleventh house is a killer or marka or uh, yeah, and twelfth uh, house deals with loss, expenses, and uh, even like it is associated with jail life. If, like so and 12th house also rules spirituality and uh, all the piscean characteristics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, 12th house also rules our inner self to me it awakens the inner self because it is 12th to the first house and uh, i think 12th house is that major factor like which keeps pushing us from the past life karma so 12th house keeps on pushing the first house and that, like uh, okay there you just have to go ahead and finish your karma so 12th house is also a, a motivating factor in many ways but uh, let's start with the 6th house like what like 6th house does it uh, 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 debts diseases and uh, enemies so when a when a person is uh, when a person has a 6th house or the 6th uh, lord spirit activated or the 6th house spirit activated uh, we can see either of those things like uh, debts, diseases, or uh, enemies. But uh, it is not necessary that the person is going to have everything, but that particular person might have either one of those. So uh, it is important for an astrologer to actually zero in to find out which this particular person is going to uh, catch up with uh, out of those uh, three traits that we mentioned, which sixth house has to offer. So how do you take it, Fernando? Well, first of all, I always try to go to the classics to start with everything. I mean, in, in Parashara, they describe the sixth as Ari Baba, which means Baba. the house of enemies, right? Yeah. And he, fur he further on describes it as the house of, you know, maternal uncle, uh, diseases. He says ulcers, but diseases, doubts about death, uh, enemies, and uh, uh, the stepmother. So uh, we start from there, okay? Yeah. The sixth house is obviously diseases, it's obviously deaths, and it's obviously our uh, uh, enemies, okay? Uh, in a way, as you said, as, as you have said correctly, the sixth house does not have to be bad. It all depends on the particularities of each chart. It depends on dignity. It depends on what functional planet is there. Is it a functional benefic? Is it a functional malefic? Uh, and that's going to apply to all of the houses, especially Dushtana houses, as we are talking today. Um, I mean, if, if you have a, a malefic planet there in good dignity in the sixth house, this is a case of a very good sixth house. Why? Because negative plus negative equals positive. Positive. And we can follow this uh, ra rationale uh, through all the Dushtanas. I mean, if we have a, a, a bad planet, I mean a malefic planet in good dignity in the sixth, we're going to be triumphant over our enemies. We're going to be triumphant over death. We're going to be triumphant over disease. And in the best case scenarios, uh, we can have, uh, as I said, victory over these topics. And uh, we can even become uh, uh, rich through the deaths of others, Absolutely. through the disease of others. We can become a health professional. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that, that once you begin to delve into the world of Yotish and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, you realize 
the subjectivity of uh, a lot of matters in in astrology. I mean, six bad is evil. Six bad is bad. It's enemies. It's disease. It's that. Yeah, but you gotta see that you know there's a sign, there's a planet, there's a barga, there's a house, there's a cusp. If you want to do that, there's a transit. There's such like a lot. You gotta go deep and deep and deeper. And that's going to apply to all of these tushtanas. If you have instead a, a positive planet, I'm sorry, a benefic planet in the sixth, I mean, it, it can be good, it can be bad, it depends on dignity. I mean, if you have Venus uh, in the sixth, it can express itself in many ways. You know, you can be very uh, attractive to your enemies. Uh, you can be involved with your enemies, involved with disease, uh, that sort of thing. At Jupiter, you can uh, create more enemies, you can have more disease, more death, but it's going to depend. And that's what people have to understand. If you have a lot of things in the sixth house, don't worry. You got to study it very delicately. Your, your life is not ruined. You got to go step by step and analyze each case because each case is very particular. And Ashwin, as I, as I was going to say, you know, I want to go through each of the houses and, and say why they're bad. And afterwards, you know, we can talk about how we can uh, surpass this quote-unquote evil. Because many times the Dushtan, as, I said, as I've said before, as I started saying, I mean, uh, they're, they're called evil houses. And, and the reputation is, is bad because they form arishtas, which would be like negative yogas in a chart. And, you know, uh, Parashara, unfortunately, uh, has given the Dushtanas that fame because he talks about, uh, in chapter 9, he talks about Balarishtas, which are the Arishta yogas at birth, and then he goes on to describe each house. And in the description of each house is when he gives the negative aspects of the house. He always involves either the 6th, the 8th, or 12th. He also involves the Maracas. He sometimes involves Saturn and Mars. He also involves when hemming occurs and so on and so forth. But the 6th and 8th of 12 uh, are always involved in bad yogas, in the classics. And this is why they get a bad rap. And in addition to that, you know, as I told you before, Babat Bhavan has a lot of explanations to give in why the 6th is bad, the 8th is bad, and the 12th is bad. But Ashwin, what I wanted to tell you is that the biggest, the guiltiest party here on why the Dushtanas have gotten a bad rap is astrological exploitation. Is uh, unscrupulous people who have uh, taken advantage of this particular aspect of astrology and have scared clients, have scared people into believing that these houses will ruin their lives, uh, which have fallen to prey of people who charge them a lot of money for gems, uh, for for remedies and so on and so forth, when in reality, in many cases, positioning planets in these tushanas are not always gonna give bad results, and we're gonna say why after we we finish the six, uh, eight, and, and twelve. Uh, but this is very important. That uh, this is a very important factor that people have to understand. Do not fall prey to the idea that because you have planets here, you're going to have a bad rap. Do not fall prey to people who tell you that if you don't buy this, if you don't do this, you're going to have a, a, a horrible experience. I mean, this is very important. And this is why we're doing this, because evil houses are not necessarily that evil. evil. 
yeah exactly so it was very interesting that you pointed that uh, about the health professional uh, yeah. so uh, it is a sixth house is a very major uh, factor for those doctors and uh, physiologists who are into uh, like medical sciences so so sun does very well sun with venus mercury and uh, either one of the surgical planets such as mars or rahu will make mm-hmm. the will make a person a very successful doctor uh, given the fact that uh, the person runs that particular dasha during his productive course of life and uh, sixth house is also considered the house of litigation and uh, it is one of the major parameters uh, to be a, to be an advocate so and uh, if you see i can give you a live example which who is a client of my grandfather and uh, he had this uh, capricorn ascendant and his lagna lord shani the lord of the ascendant was sitting in gemini in the 6th house okay and this person was going through his second saturn return when he was around 60 and uh, yeah when he was around 60 and uh, can you imagine someone who, someone uh, like who was his distant relative or something um, gave all his all their property to this fellow and uh, <laughs> the will was transferred to him which was worth of about 2 uh, crore rupees i'm not sure what the i'm not sure how much it is worth in, uh, in dollars in yeah, dollars yeah but i think it should be around uh, uh, like 50 million dollars or something like that what so, <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so and that but, was, and, and in a way it was saturn i mean and it saturn thanks time you know he 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 got yeah. that money late relatively late in life to to his uh, second saturn return okay yeah and that also just during the uh, saturn mahadasha when when saturn mahadasha started during his 60th or 61st age of life and he got all those uh, properties and with that money uh, he started a school which is one of the most famous schools in that town uh, that offers quality education and uh, he is about 80 where his saturn mahadasha is over and he is one of the most respected person in that town so okay uh, th- that is what a sixth house saturn can do from nowhere he was just he was having a pharmacy or something uh, like which was doing very media in a very media way trying to he was trying to uh, like without that he doesn't have any uh, source of income so you can imagine how his life would have been from uh, at least 20 to 60 if not 1 to 20 but uh, the sudden transformation that life gave him when saturn mahadasha started with saturn in 6th house i think that is classic 6th house saturn stuff which gave which gave a like i don't know what adjective to add but it is one of the most fabulous elevations that one can get in life i i tell you another one uh, when you have mars or rahu in the 6th you're going to win all over your enemies yeah enemies you're, are you're going to be virulent yeah i'm sorry enemies are going to be busted for sure <laughs> yeah and you're going to win i mean you are going to win but if you have rahu in the six you're probably going to meet a lot of shady fellows if you know what i mean you're yeah. going to meet a lot of people from you know people who deal with illegal things uh people who might you know 
have uh, questionable reputations and that sort of thing. So, you know, it depends a lot also in the house lordships. I mean, uh, and, and that's, that's vital. I mean, yeah, you, know, yeah. you have to consider that. It, it, you have to take into that into consideration. But little nuggets like those are very important for you to realize, uh, I mean, for the viewers to realize that the sixth house is not the worst house. And not, not only that, uh, Ashwin, uh, between the Dushtanas, the sixth, it's the only upach. It's the only upachaya. I mean, it's the only house that grows uh, with time. Yeah, and it so, is the, it's a house of victory. Yeah, and, and you're not always gonna have the same results in the sixth house as you grow older, because it's 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 a house that increases its positivity with time, and with more years you have under your belt, the results are gonna be better. And uh, for example, I had a client once that had an exchange between the seventh and the sixth, and uh, that client had problems with uh, relationships. Okay, yeah. And you know, uh, this client was married uh, for about twenty years, more or less, and the marriage was difficult. And 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 I I told the, the client, uh, "Are you divorced already?" And she asked. She asked, "No, why do you?" She she told me. She told me, "No, why do you ask?" And I said, "It's been a difficult marriage." And she said, "Yes, at the beginning, but it's gotten better, or at least less worse." You know what I mean? And yeah. and you you see how it improves with time. Yeah. So and uh, as you said, you were talking about the enemies in the sixth house. So especially with respect to Rahu in sixth house. Uh, Rahu gives hidden enemies or those enemies who necessarily doesn't appear to be uh, an enemy at first sight or during our initial course of interactions. But they might not be necessarily constructive to our uh, like daily routine or uh, they, they might not necessarily be doing good to us. But we might realize it over a later period of time. And uh, But uh, I think based upon the Lord of the Sixth House and uh, the dignity of Sixth Lord, with Rahu in sixth, if the sixth cloud is in a decent or a good dignity, I think victory is for sure. So uh, again, the conclusion is that sixth house is not necessarily bad, and it is the it is one of those houses that uh, constructs us by giving hurdles uh, in our daily course of life. So I think that is one of the most important aspects of the sixth house. So uh, like. Moving to the eighth house. So, uh, as we discussed, eighth house is the house of transformation. Eighth house is the house of uh, like long time hurdles, and eighth house is the house of hidden diseases. And let's not forget, eighth house is the house of astrology, and uh, eighth house is also the house of inheritance and insurance, income and stuff. So, uh, as we see, generally eighth house is uh, associated with those things that we may generally gain something at the loss of something. So uh, Yes, yes, definitely. Sudden ups and downs, without a doubt. And, yeah. you know, in the classics, they describe it as Radra uh, Baba, which means a, a vulnerable, but it's also longevity. Yeah. And, and you said that before. You said the eighth house is not death house. And it's true. Death house are, yeah. are Maracas houses, are yeah. second and seventh. Yeah. And longevity houses are the second from the Maracas, which would be mainly the eighth and mainly the, uh, and secondly, the third. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and through the eighth house, I mean, you have to measure Ayus. I mean, the, the longevity of the longevity. person. And, and this is why people associate it with death. But it's not death. Exactly. It's longevity. It's how long you're going to live. I mean, are you going to have an early death, a medium uh, age death? Or a, a, a long arranged death. I mean, are you going to die as a baby? Are you going to die as a young man? Or are you going to die as an old man? And, and that's basically the eighth. And in a way, it, the description is longevity, battles over enemies, forts, wealth of the death, which are wills, obviously, which we're going to talk about that of the positive aspects and things that happen and will happen in terms of the sudden ups and downs and our karmic uh, deaths we have in life. But in a way, The eighth house is very particular. You know, the six is an upachaya. Uh, the six, I, I consider it, I, me, I consider it, you know, the less of the Lushtanas. It's, 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 it's not the worst. But yeah. the eighth, I mean, the eighth is a, a joker. It, it's a wild card. Uh, you know, when we analyze yogas, many people make this mistake, but the eighth house is an impressionable house. The eighth house Uh, is neutral in many ways. If it's associated with a benefic house, it's going to do okay. But if it's associated with a bad house, it's going to do really bad. I mean, it's going to be really intense. Okay? And you got to analyze that when you do uh, yoga analysis in terms of the Trishadayas, the Kendras, the Trikonas, and the impressionable houses, which are the second, the twelfth, and the eighth. But the eighth is the most, um, uh, has the biggest potential to cause trouble. Okay? Now, Uh, the eighth house is very interesting because uh, the eighth house, uh, in terms of its malefic or negative associations, do not have to do with pain, do not have to do a lot with others uh, competing against us or the end. It's just the unknown. Yeah. Okay? So the negativity of the eighth comes from fear. And what do we fear, Ashwin? What we do not understand. And this is why astrology is there. A lot of people see astrology and they're afraid like, oh my God, you're going to read my future. I've, I've had people who, who, you know, when you say you're an astrologer, most, well, here, here in the West, I, I know in India is another, another story, but here in the West where I live, first of all, when you say you're an astrologer, you get two responses, two types, mainly two types of responses. You say, you say, uh, they, they ask you, what, what do you do? Well, I am an astrologer. And, One of the things they say, oh, so you like to watch planets through your telescope. <laughs> that's, that's the first. And the second one uh, uh, they, they tell you is, is, uh, is, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm an astrologer. And they say like this. <laughs> okay. And they go away. I mean, that's, that's how it is here. But it, they do that because uh, in the first answer, they don't know what it is. And the second, they think they know what it is, but they're kind of afraid. They think you are crazy. And that's the unknown. That's the eighth house. And I, you see, you, it's you, not... Uh, you said about the unknown. I just want to put some light on that. Uh, yeah. No one wants to know about their future because uh, some may not be like really comfortable knowing what they're going to face in the near future. Like It is a basic fear that they might face something bad. So... so Yeah, that, that is one of the most important factors. Like, I really love the way how you link astrology, uh, eighth house, and the fear. <laughs> that uh -huh. was an astrologer, but which necessarily is, necessarily is not the case because astrologers, astrologer, uh, basically what he does is to educate his client. So moving on, please continue. That, that's, that's what he should. But, uh -huh. you know, as you know, sometimes they don't do that. 
they do quite the opposite. And, you know, to each his own. But, uh, uh, you know, an astrologer has to be very delicate in the way he gives information, in the way he does, and uh, in, in the way he decides what information not to give, because he's dealing with the occult. He's dealing with the mystery of life. And, you know, that's why the atheist is evil. I mean, and, and this is why I think it's neutral when you analyze yogas. Uh, when it's with good things, it's going to be good. When it's bad, it can really be uh, intensely uh, uh, disruptive, okay, to say the least. I mean, uh, and, and not only do people don't want to know their future, they sometimes don't want to do know anything. I mean, it's like having a book and reading the last chapter and, and, and instead of reading the whole book. And, you know, to each his own. I mean, uh, 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 astrology is fabulous. We are in this eighth house realm, but a lot of people do not want to be there. And, and I mean, just just look at it. In, 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 in terms of, of etiquette and protocol, you know, the second house is, is our earnings, is our family, you know, and in a way, th those things are private. And if you look at the eighth house, it's the earnings, the family of other people. And in a way, you don't want to be nosy about it. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to know what other people's problems have in economically or, fa or familiar. But that applies also to the occult. I mean, yeah, people are afraid and people don't want to be nosy at the same time. And through Babad Bhavan, we can get a lot of other explanations on why the eighth house is this. But in the positive facts, in the positive factors, Ashwin, You know, in the eighth house, the positive aspect is, you know, longevity. You can have good planets there with good dignity, and you're going to have a long life. I yeah, mean, I'm if sure. you have Saturn, Swakshetra, or Exalted in the eighth, I mean, wow. I mean, if you have it Exalted, you're going to have a, a, a difficult childhood. You know, you're going to be, uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to be molded into something great. Yeah, and, and it's like... Yeah, Ashtamasani that we are having the the eighth eighth house Saturn like when yeah yeah Ashta Ashtashani yeah yeah yeah, yeah Ashtashani so it's it's pretty much like having Ashtashani throughout our life when we have Saturn eighth house but I think Saturn and eighth house also is all about uh, like uh, understanding uh, from our loss and also understanding from our mistakes so learning is a major part with Saturn and eighth house. And as you said, Saturn in eighth house gives longevity, and uh, I think Saturn in eighth house also gives a good amount of interest in occult senses. And not only that, the Saturn returns for that person are going to be. Uh, I mean, if if if, if they if they, exactly exactly if they don't uh, if they don't acknowledge that and accept that as part of their life, those the first Saturn return is going to be difficult. I mean. Because Saturn return, I mean, it's, it's very polyvalent in terms of the person. If the person acknowledges his work, his fear, the things he comes here to, to acknowledge and work, uh, he's going to be okay when his Saturn return. Or he's going to probably going to have the tools to deal with it. But if that person uh, avoids that Saturn, does not want to deal with those Saturn issues in his chart, in the Saturn return, it's going to hit the person uh, is going to hit him because it's, it's Shani. It's, it's, it's Shani Deva and Shani is, is, is the teacher of teachers. And, you know, it's, you're going to grow. You're going to be, you know, you're going to learn a lot, but it, it can be strong. And other factors, positive factors concerning the eighth, without a doubt, is what we're doing, Ashwin, is that you're going to have a, um, 
uh, you're going to have the potential to explore the occult, to have a life there, depending on the lords who, who are there. I mean, uh, we are uh, practicing uh, uh, astrologers, Yotishis, and I mean, I have uh, uh, my, my eighth lord is conjunct. Well, it depends. In sidereal chart, uh, uh, my eighth lord <clears throat> is uh, in Lagna, in Scorpio. Okay? So right there, boom. Okay? In my tropical chart, my eighth lord is conjunct my ascendant lord in the third with a paribartana between the first and the third. So in both perspectives, the eighth lord uh, has a, a very influential role in my life. And I, and I imagine uh, that uh, you also have some sort of situation going on there uh, yeah. with the eighth lord. And, uh -huh. and those are... Uh -huh. I, I have my eighth lord of the ascendant. There we go. In, in me too. Yeah. What Lagna are you? What Lagna are you in Sidereal? Taurus and Jupiter and the Ascendant. No way, man. I'm I'm Scorpio Lagna. We're right there. Yeah. One I'm, and seven. Yeah, it's the union. And there is one more interesting thing. Like you also have, I think, the eighth and third Lord uh, connection. Uh, in uh, yes, yes, in in Sidereal and Tropical, both. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the eighth and third Lord connection. It is the eighth from eight is three. So it is like double eight, where I also have a similar amount of, uh, like the similar kind of uh, connection with Jupiter and Moon, Jupiter my eighth, and Moon being my third. So I have a conjunction. So and and and, and you know a lot of things with the eighth house. Uh, you know, for us, we're talking about we're talking about astrology. We can talk about magic. We can talk about the occult. We can even talk about aliens, ghosts, whatever we want to. But most people are gonna find that that's really weird. That's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And and that's that's the eighth house things. I mean, uh, uh, I remember uh, Edgar Casey's chart, who is a, a, a big psychic of the United States in the early 20th century. He had like five or, or four planets with with a node in the eighth house and he like he used to predict things he talked about atlantis i mean you know the guy was was a, a powerful psychic but that scares people and and it, it does i mean uh, uh, you know you you can't talk about astrology with a lot of people here in the west i mean uh, in india i guess it's it's very uh, part of the culture and people understand it uh, much better than here but it scares people uh, and but people who are very familiar to the eighth house uh, are fine with it which further proves that the eighth house is a, a dushtana, a trick house, but in a way we have that very present in our lives and we're okay. Or at least I think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, the most important thing about the eighth house is the, the eighth house keeps on uh, pushing us like to understand and get mature in our lives. So uh, I, I read a very, see it is, it, uh, interestingly, you mentioned about Saturn being in eighth house and uh, how the understandings, like, of our human life tend to unfold. So uh, I read this book called Saturn, My Spiritual Master, Spiritual Friend, uh, like written by Robert Wilkinson. Okay. So this was one of the. Uh, I think this was the last book that I read, and uh, uh, I really had a great understanding about uh, Saturn because I easily tend to relate Saturn with the eighth house. Hmm. So, uh, so w whenever I was reading about Saturn, I was easily able to relate with the eighth house. And uh, as you said, 
eighth house also deals with occult sciences. So uh, I, I know I recently wrote an article in, in the last issue of the magazine about Dr. B. V. Raman, uh, the the most like prominent Jyotishis of, of course. India in the 20th century. If, even I know him, and I'm in the other side of the world. <laughs> yeah, so that, that is the impact that B.B. Raman had on uh, uh, at least Vedic astrologers. And he had Ketu in 8th house. And wow. Ketu played a very significant role in his astrological pursuit. And uh, Ketu is one of the significators of astrology. So Because Ketu deals with mysticism. And 8th house deals with mysticism and occult senses. And with Ketu in 8th house, and occult science blooms. Of course. And, and I've also seen that when you have the nodes in the 2-8 axis, if you have Ketu in the 8th, you kind of look back. You have the ability to uh, have psychic... Uh, the, moon has to do, the moon has to be there somewhere. But the thing is, with, with Ketu, you have, to, you, you have the ability to be mystic, but backwards, like the past, which makes yeah. sense. But if you have Rahu, it's the same, but future to yeah. forwards. Yeah, more desire, like uh, desire and towards uh, near future or even far future. So mm -hmm. uh, in a more materialistic way, while with Ketu is there, it is more of a, not necessarily uh, spiritual, but uh, towards a more uh, uh, occultistic way or something like that. Definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, other, other things that are positive about the 8th house, which we haven't mentioned, uh, uh, one is also the 8th house means sex and sexual life. And, and you know, uh, sexual life is part of, of life. I mean, unless you become uh, a brahmacharya or you go to an ashram and renounce and everything, but uh, sexual life is part of, ours, of our life, especially if we want to have a family, right? Uh, one seventh connection with the second house there. And um, the other thing, positive and positive thing, which we haven't delved deeply with the eighth house, is that eighth house is wills and testaments. And as you yeah. said before, I mean, uh, your friend, uh, no, no, it wasn't the sixth house. I'm sorry. I thought it was the eighth house. But the thing is that maybe he had the, the moon from Saturn in the, in the, in the eighth, uh, because wills and testaments are very important. Because that's how you gain money. It's a one-seven connection with the money of other people. When someone dies, when someone has a, a testament, a will, uh, you can see that through the eighth house of a person. Yeah, so, I'm sure that particular person had a very profound eighth house in terms of uh, uh, like attaining someone else's wealth and uh, getting someone else's will, uh, which probably uh, illuminated the rest of his life or even the next generation of his family. Definitely. And in terms of the sexual life, if you have Venus there, you're going to you're gonna love sex. And not only that, in, it's very, if you have a Venus in the eighth, in very good dignity, it's going to be great for longevity. Because a Venus is the, is the carca of tissues, of regeneration. So your body is going to be able to regenerate. The cells are going to be able to regenerate. And your body in theory, of course, this is all theory. All charts are different. You got to yeah. see a lot of things going on. We are talking in theory here. Uh, yeah, the cells are going to reproduce, are going to divide better. And uh, your body, your vessel is going to be healthier. And, you know, if you have Jupiter there, probably you're going to uh, gain wills. You're going to gain money through the money of other people. Because that, that's what it is. It depends also in, in house lordships. 
But you, you see, we're giving example after example of how the eighth is not necessarily that evil. Once again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Venus, as you said, I think it is a comfortable long life. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, sure. Yeah, Venus always deals with uh, things of comfort and uh, things of joy. And with Venus, a uh, very good dignity in the eighth house. I think Venus is going to give a very comfortable life and also a long life. And uh, definitely, comfort is really comfort is really important when you when you have a long life. You don't really want a Saturnian life. <laughs> you have a long. <laughs> that's life. that's the that's the Saturn in the eighth house exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know and you know I I I I've met people with Saturn in the eighth house, uh, Swakshetra. Okay. And I mean, their lives haven't haven't been tragic, but but they've been hard. I mean, they they've been hard. They people they don't they don't get sick all all of the all of the sudden. But I mean, uh, life is, has been hard, especially when you go through that Mahalasha period. Yeah, and uh, Saturn actually teaches uh, in a hard way because. Because it is Saturn, cold Saturn. It is not a, it is not Jupiter. Jupiter has its own soft touch in a Jupiterian manner. Jupiterian manner, where it teaches the native in a very calm and a composed manner. But I think Saturn, like Kapha Satik, yeah. Like when whenever you do a push up, and uh, Saturn, like Saturn, puts extra 10 to 20 kgs on your back and asks you to do the same. But Jupiter, it's not the case with Jupiter. Jupiter just sits in front of you and just motivates you. Uh, in order to do it, but there is a difference between Saturn and Jupiter. We cannot expect the same with Saturn in eighth and Jupiter in eighth. I think we'll move to Mars in eighth. Mars in the eighth, sudden accidents. That's that's probable. What what could happen if it's in a good dignity? I know in a bad dignity. I'm I'm sorry. In a bad dignity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturn in. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Mars in the eighth. Things are gonna go wrong somewhere somehow. I mean. That, that, because because it's sudden accidents with the Karkov accidents and it's double accidents. Uh, if it's in good dignity, is that you can benefit from sudden changes in a way, or you are able to react in sudden changes. You are able to uh, use your will, uh, use your uh, willpower to exceed yourself and triumph over sudden changes. So in a positive way, that can be uh, uh, beneficial because obviously. And this is something very important that my teacher has taught me. Malefic planets are always malefic. So, I mean, yeah. you, you have to take that in mind. Even if they're functional benefics, malefics are malefics. Point. Yeah. Even if they're Swakshetra, even if they're Mulatricona, even if they're Ucha, they're bad. Yeah, I mean, exactly. they might not be bad for you, but they're going to be bad for someone else. I mean, they you don't... It, it's going to be there. Okay? So, yeah. Mars in the 8th uh, also... Uh, a lot of fighting uh, in terms of uh, probably wills and testaments, a lot of fighting about money, families of other people, uh, a lot of fighting or a lot of uh, reformation in the occult sciences. I mean, a lot of things are possible there. But I wouldn't, when I do Muhurtas, I try to keep Mars out of there because it always happens that something goes wrong. Yeah, uh, you gotta you, you gotta have Mars out. even if, well. I haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't uh, tested that, but I don't I don't know if if in Ucha Ucha Kuya. Uh, I don't know if you you call it Kuya or Mangal. Uh, Mangal and Kuja both are same. 
Okay, cool. Uh, 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 you know, if you have cuya, uh, uh, swakshetra cuya, or or ucha cuya in the in the eighth, uh, you know, I haven't seen that in, in terms of, of doing a, a test with a muhurta, but you know, something is gonna go wrong. Yeah, in my experience, uh, I, know, I know one person who has uh, Mars and Aries, and uh, it is eighth house. Uh, okay, placements, and uh, he has not met with so many accidents, but. Uh, yeah, he has met with accidents, but there, there there have been cases where he was never injured at all. So, or or robberies or or bandits coming in, you know, uh, those types of situations. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend Mars in the Eighth to be honest with you. Uh, but I guess I guess I guess if if it's and we're gonna talk about that this later on because I want I want to talk about because uh, uh, I would like to bring one more point here. So uh, one of the most uh, like the major aspects of the eighth house is that eighth house deals with your the family of in-laws. Yes, your second family. So when you have Mars or Rahu or uh, some other malefic planet in the eighth house, it might be constructive to your own life and to your own uh, like human understanding point of view. But it is not necessarily going to be uh, beneficial or auspicious in terms of your relationship with your uh, in-laws. So I know. Because uh, when you have two or three malefics in the eighth house, it, it is most likely the case that your uh, the family of in-laws are, are not going to be really cordial uh, with you. So that you, is one you, of you, you have to confirm that in Avamsha, and you have to confirm confirm that from Venus Lagna. I mean, yeah. but but yeah, in in theory, that is a significator for that confluence, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The, this depends upon so many other factors, but and uh, about Mars in eighth house, like you were talking, uh, I've seen quite a few people where they they were always prone to uh, litigations, the courts and cases or something. Uh, they always had to have some kind of relationship with the lawyers, not necessarily that they are lawyers or they are courtmen, but they have they tend to get involved in cases and uh, suits. Oh, definitely, definitely. And one of the significators of the eighth house is battles with enemies. I mean, <laughs> six is enemies, eight is the battle, and the twelfth supposedly is the outcome. Yeah, uh, that's one of my that's what 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 one of my teachers say. Uh, and and it makes sense. I mean, uh, they're all dushtanas, and uh, in a way, we're we're giving positive results. But Mars in the eighth, in my opinion, is is a tricky one because. As you said, he's litigating, he's fighting, he's yeah. doing, you know, Mars activities. And, and I mean, it, it could be great for like uh, a type of Kshatriya person, you know, a person who's very uh, uh, militaristic in a way, uh, but you got to be uh, involved in militaristic uh, uh, activities or, or in the army or being a policeman or a lawyer, you know, that type of thing. Exactly. Yesterday, it is very interesting that we brought this point because I was answering a question on Quora yesterday. Like, uh, the question was stated in such a way that is uh, is life waste of living because uh, everything is dependent upon fate. So there, uh, I gave a like a, like four paragraph answer where in one paragraph I mentioned the Mars example. So the Mars in eighth house. With Mars in eighth house, it is quite evident that that person is going to have, that person is going to be good in dark areas of life. So for example, dark areas in the sense, I tend to say uh, like it is uh, a life of a police officer 
or life of a military man or uh, life of an undercover agent but the the same mars in eighth house can also be in the chart of a, a mafia <laughs> or an underworld don so it was basically the question of fate and free will but i think mars has this not just mars every planet in eighth house or every house has two sets or two sets of the coin which is with mars in eighth one is the life of a police officer and other could be the life of an under like uh, underworld don or something like that definitely and we haven't mentioned that but eighth house are detectives without a doubt yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> spice Yeah, so now we we'll move on to the twelfth house of uh, dreams. I think that's. Uh, I'd like to think the dreams are positive, and <laughs> uh, and uh, like uh, it's more of the Piscean traits, like spirituality, uh, like hidden creativity, and uh, see these are these might be the positives, but negatives might be lost expenses. Uh, expenses 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 yeah and and i i don't know how do you say it in english when when a person when there are when they don't want to yeah, uh, spend money oh, that's how you do it in india this is how you do it this is how we do it here yeah. that that's interesting it's the all in our hands a person with a, strong, <laughs> a person with a strong 12th house is considered to have holes in his hands where he will get the salary and he will let it fall Oh no! But but what I'm talking about people who who don't want to spend money, uh, uh, stingy. Okay, that yeah, that that is with uh, like Saturn and twelfth house or something like that. They never yeah, want to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But 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 what I'm telling you is that that you know in life you have to spend things, and 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 some that that's that's a way to see the twelfth house from a positive point of view, like. we have to spend things we 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 have to eat food and we spend it i mean we digest it and we 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 take it away i, I mean we need money to buy food we need money to pay for our our bills uh you need to 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 burn calories to take your body uh to places i mean expenditure is part of life and exactly. and sometimes people don't want to accept that and sometimes they don't want to accept the 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 ultimate expenditure the only thing that we know is for sure in life which is death and and or the end more more than death because it's 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 the end yeah. but you, you know the 12th house is expenditure and 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 i always see it like that but you're definitely correct about the piscean energies and um but the thing is that that most people see the 12th house as bad because they want to keep things they want to hoard things they don't want to let go or uh, they are not a, in contact with that dream world in their mind that psychological uh, dimension inside of their brain and you know in the classics they they describe it as as vijnana and I'm, i apologize for everyone who knows sanskrit for my pronunciation but it means expenditure and he describe it as the house of expenses history of enemies and once on death at the end which is which is the 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 last expenditure okay Uh, and and the 12th house believe it or not it, it is also a uh, because it's the 12th from the first i also see the 12th as uh the 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 the, the fetus stage the, uh, our mother's um uh, pregnancy what happens before yeah, we come to life that's very important yeah 12th house deals with hospitalization oh definitely and jails without a doubt which which brings in that piscean energy once again and uh in a way as i said before in life you have to spend money 
in life you have to ex ex uh, waste and expend energy you have to spend money you have to spend energy you have to spend calories there's no way around that i mean there's no way and, and it's very funny because there's a saying that says that the the only sure things in life is death and taxes and more or less they have to do with the 12th house if you really think about it and 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 that's a reality of things and maybe this is why they call it uh, adushtana because um those are things that are inevitable in life are things that are uh completely uh uh you can escape it. I mean, sometimes people uh, debate, as you said earlier, uh, the debate about free will and destiny. But, you know, I, I sometimes think it's a little bit of both. Some people think it's all destiny. Some people think it's all free will. But, you know, that's not really the debate. The debate is that the only sure thing in life is death. And, yeah. and, and also in our, social, uh, in our social accord today in modern society, in India and in Puerto Rico where I live, you also have to pay taxes. So in a way, if you want to say that something is absolute in astrology, it has to do with the 12th house, which is very interesting. And yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, cannot ex you cannot escape taxes. <laughs> taxes, are, <laughs> taxes are the inevitable part of our lives. And uh, that is something we have to certainly do it uh for the sake of our own countries and uh, for our own people so uh, that is one thing that we cannot uh, forego and apart from that i think the 12th house discharges so much of spiritual energy so it depends upon how we deal with it uh, that see I, i have seen the profound 12th house of those people who have donated to uh, the temples and uh, the orphanages and the old age homes and stuff so uh, 12th house is also the public life so uh, i've seen the uh, i've seen a prominent 12th house of the 12th lord in those uh, charts of uh, uh, politicians so uh, being a politician is uh, a public life so dedicating uh, your own lives uh, to the general public or the society not necessarily it is uh, i don't mean to comment if it is good or bad today but uh, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's another video right there. <laughs> yeah, looking, looking back at the ancient civilizations of uh, uh, whatever it may be, Indus Valley or uh, Greek civilizations, uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, and uh, the politics developed by uh, like uh, Aristotle and Plato, I think everything dictated politics to be very sacred. So. Be, just because you are going to sacrifice your own life and you are going to do it for the country and for its people. So I think 12th house has a lot to deal with public life uh, in terms of uh, whatever you said, spending. So if I have to take some bucks from my pocket and I have to give someone who is uh, really reeling in their life or a student who is really reeling in order to uh, pay their fees, you need to have a good 12th house, a good Twelfth house means a good twelfth lord, or, or a twelfth lord in a good dignity, or a benefic benefic in the twelfth house, like a uh, not necessarily Venus, but a Mercury or a Jupiter. Definitely. And 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 as I was saying before, you have to spend money, yeah. and the planets there will uh, determine on what you're going to spend money. And you can spend money on charity, on education, on social. Uh, uh, and social things that will improve the society around you, or 
you can be a compulsive spender. You can spend money on things that are not beneficial to you. You can spend money on things that are harmful to others and so on and so forth. Uh, but the good aspects here in the 12th house, you've mentioned it. You're going to have good expenditures. You're going to spend money on things you need. You want to study? You're going to spend money on your education or you're going to be a better, a better uh, member of society. You want to do astrology? You're going to spend money on astrology lessons. You want to make YouTube videos of astrology? You're going to spend money on a camera, on a computer, on lights, and you're going to have a good outcome. Uh, you know, and, and so on and, forth and so forth. Let's take examples. You have Venus in the 12th. You're going to spend money on your, uh, uh, on your wife. You're going to spend money on your partner, on your romantic partner. Basically, uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it depends. I mean, it depends on the dignity, but you're going to spend yeah. money on relaxation, on pleasures, yes. and so on. And, and you're also going to have a good sex life because 12 houses also bad pleasures. Yeah, exactly. Private uh, life. It, if you have Jupiter or, or, or Mercury there, you're going to spend money probably in education. You're probably going to spend money, if Jupiter's there, and on temples, on churches. Uh, if you have Saturn there, you're going to be stingy. Uh, you're going to be stingy. Uh, also, you're going to have difficulties with death issues, issues dealing with death and uh, not letting go of, of ends, which, which can be difficult, especially during a Saturn return. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing some particularities here that, you know, when Saturn is in the Dushtana, Saturn return can be, can tricky. be you know, tricky. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, see, th those, are, those are further astrological things that one has to take into consideration when seeing the goods or the bads of these houses. But in a way, also, as you mentioned, the positive aspects of the 12th, you're going to have a good life, uh, a, spirit, a good spiritual life if you have good planets in the 12th. Yeah, today, uh, Ketu, Ketu is the most uh, uh, like benefit planet in the 12th house in my sense, like uh, according to my own understanding. So oh let's, yeah, definitely. Let's, definitely. Keep Ketu, let's keep Ketu for the last, uh, last and let's finish with Mars and Rahu. Uh, uh, okay, okay, cool, cool. If you have Mars in, in the 12th that's, that's 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 that can be tricky because it, it's surgeries. Like, Oh, surgeries. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But, but it's also like this type of, depends on dignity also, but it's like you feel, uh, you feel you have no power or you feel that maybe your will is, is diverted into a larger context and it, it can be difficult, but in a way, surgeries, uh, in a way it can also mean that, uh, you know, 12 house, it depends who you ask, but 12 house is also foreign lands. And um, it, it, it can mean that you are invested in your, your will is invested in foreign lands. You're fighting for foreign people, for foreign interests, that type of stuff. You, you migrate and you have to uh, 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 make your life in another country and so on and so forth. And you asked, said, which was the second Mars? And which was, you said we're going to finish with Ketu, which was the, the, the second one after Mars? It was Rahu, but I, I would like to bring one more point with regard to, Mars is like, if you have Mars in 12th house, do not evade your taxes because you are going to invite the cops <laughs> yourself. You, you don't need an enemy. You're just going and to don't, the cops yourself. And don't, oh, definitely. And don't get into illicit economic activities. You call it in, Ingi, in India, you call it black money, right? Yeah. Like money. Yeah. Don't, don't get into those issues. And, you know, Rahu in the 12th can be uh, polyvalent. A lot of things. Oh, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smoking. Rahu. Rahu is 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 uh, a poison, and if you get it in a water sign, definitely you're gonna be drinking. Yeah. But but Ketu in the twelve, as as you said before, a lot of there, there's a common belief that the the positioning of Ketu in the twelve and Rahu in the sixth is the best positioning for for the nodes. Yeah. As you said before, Rahu in the sixth, you are gonna uh, uh, be triumphant over enemies. Uh, with Ketu in the 12th, you're gonna have experience in spiritual life. You're gonna be uh, very accustomed to uh, that 12th house realm of of spirituality, uh, of that 12th house realm of dreams. You're gonna be feel very accustomed, and you're gonna have the experience to serve others through your Rahu in the sixth. Yes, you were gonna say. Yeah, uh, I found a very beautiful word called spiritual fantasy. I'm sorry, sir. Spiritual fantasy. Oh, definitely. Oh, true, true, true. And and I mean, a lot of astrologers have Ketu in the 12th. And, and, and it can be very, very useful for service. And and obviously, that spiritual fantasy is going to be there until the maturation. After after 48, it, it's going to change, you know. But yeah. um, another thing is that uh, a positive aspect of the 12th house is that uh, probably... As I said before, a good spiritual life, and all, and also uh, a person can have professions in hospitals, exactly. or it, it, he can have professions in jails, or yeah. or in places where people are confined. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, I think pharmaceuticals. Oh yes, definitely pharmaceuticals. If Rahu is there, full. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, you said about the before pharmaceuticals. I'm sorry, sir. No, before pharmaceuticals. Yeah, if if Rahu is there, yes, pharmaceuticals without a doubt. Yeah, in the twelfth house uh, with the tenth lord, uh, and and Mars is there somehow connected. Yeah, a, a health professional related to pharmaceuticals because what are pharmaceuticals? Drugs. What are drugs? Poisons. What is poisons? Rahu. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, it is it is more related to also the lab technician works with related to hospitals. Those who scan and those who do the like I don't know the medical stuffs who, who yeah back backdoor backdoor laboratory things when you take yeah. the you give the blood wherever the blood goes that's the that's where yeah. they're working <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you find twelfth house yeah that's the that's where you find the twelfth house and those are the uh, positive things and uh, I've seen uh, this I don't know if it is uh, if it is astrologically like uh, it it made sense to me because with Mars and twelfth house these people are good donors of blood. So, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Mars deals with blood and uh, with 12th house, and I think that relates to the donation of blood to the needy. Yeah, also, also moon has to do with blood. I mean, exactly. blood has like three significators, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And moon, basically moon has, uh, moon rules the fluids of our body and blood is also a fluid. So moon is also directly re related to blood, so not just Mars. So here people have seen that the, the Dushtanas are not that bad. I mean, and, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to finish with uh, some things that are very important uh, because we, we've talked about the Dushtanas, but people have to realize that uh, even though Parashara talks about uh, why these houses are, uh, the, the, the evil houses, he also gives like uh, uh, remedies for these evil houses because we have to take in mind that if you have things connected to the 8th, 6th, or 12th, 
you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be sick, you're not going to die, you're not going to be abducted by aliens. I mean, if things have to connect in order for them to give negative results, as they have to connect in order to give positive results. And, you know, something that's very important, when Arishtas are in a shark, in order for them to be powerful and to affect the Jataka, they have to be connected to the Ascendant or the Ascendant Lord. And, and this is something people who, who and this is why our, uh, uh, Dushtanas get a bad rap. They get a bad rap because they're bad and everything, but people have to realize in order for them to be really bad to a person, the Lagna Lord has to be involved there. And many times the Lagna Lord is not there. So the results is not going to be that bad, point on point, and dignity. If the Lagna Lord is there and it's good dignity, they're going to be involved in these things, but it's not going to be bad, okay? And not only that, for it to be bad, the Lagna Lord has to be there, and there has to be aspect from malefics. You know, you got to have, uh, I'm sorry, you got to have Saturn somewhere aspecting the Lagna Lord in relation to the Arishta. You got to have Mars aspecting the Lagna Lord in relation to the Arishtas, okay? So you see, things are getting more complicated, and you see that, that, that the percentage of people who are going to get very, very bad arishas through the Dushtanas are going to go low and low and lower. And, you know, and sometimes these yogas do not necessarily have to be negative if they're, if they're malefics with Lagna Lord in, in relation to these Dushtanas in relation to arishas. Why? Because sometimes these are people who are related to, to health, uh, uh, health careers. Healthcare careers, or these are people who work, the, who use their body uh, rigorously in their work. You know, wrestlers, miners, uh, you know, shiny significators, workers, you know, hard workers. Uh, I and, already and, at this point, like uh, this eighth house, the one thing that eighth house is really important is where our research qualities come into play. Uh, I think eighth house facilitates. Uh, our research part of the brain to be activated in a very significant manner. So uh, most of the researchers and PhD holders might have a very uh, profound and an illuminated strong eighth house. And there is there is another thing, mining. Mining is considered a, considered to be the, uh, like, it is the deep part of the world, dealing with the deeper parts of the world. And uh, so those people who deal with petroleum, uh, like it's directly related to petroleum engineering, mining engineering, metallurgy engineering and stuff. So some parts of engineering are directly related to the eighth house. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you got to have Shani there for engineering and, and Mars too. I mean, it depends. It depends on a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but you I, see I the significance of the eighth house which are positive. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And, and, and you see, I'm, I'm telling people what has to happen for them to be bad. And for them to be bad, there's a lot of things have to happen. The Latin Lord has to be there related and you got to have uh, malefics aspecting. And not only that, we have to think about active significators. When is that Dasha being activated? Yeah. Is it gonna is it gonna be activated when you are about to die? When you've lived eighty years of a very productive life? Oh, well, you're gonna. You're, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean. In the end of your life, I mean, th the storm is coming at the end of your life. Maybe it can be difficult. I'm not gonna lie, but but it's not gonna affect the way you live. And at the same time, if you have a balavista, well, th th there's there's a difficulty there, especially for the parents. Yeah. But I mean, you gotta see when it happens because it could never happen. You could yeah. you can die before it expresses itself. 
And the, the other thing is that you have to have confluence. If you do not have confluence, the forecast or the prediction do not, does not come true. I mean, yeah. if you have if you have this, you gotta confirm it in Vargas. You gotta confirm it in 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 Ashtaka Vargas through transits. You you could even see Barzafala and see the solar return, but yeah. you gotta have confluence. If you do not have confluence, it's not gonna hit you hard. Point point. Okay, and and you know, and at the same time, people in the human brain is very weird because we also we always wanna wanna. Uh, see the negative and we also we always well the majority of people <laughs> the majority of people sometimes want to exalt the negative but you know it's true that parashra talks about the negative houses the dushtanas the evil houses but it's true that he also gives a remedies to the to the evil houses and he talks about this if you have benefics in good dignity in kendras you're going to be okay if you have jupiter in the first house in good dignity you're going to be okay. If you have Jupiter aspecting the Lagna or the Ascendant, you're going to be okay. It's going to counteract it. If you have an aspect or a conjunction between Jupiter and Mars, you're going to be okay. Why? Benefits in Kendras, good things are going to be uh, uh, on, your, on your grasp. You just got to grasp them, okay? If you have Jupiter in the Ascendant or aspecting the Ascendant, the grace of Jupiter will protect you, okay? If you have Mars with Jupiter conjunct or aspecting, that means that your action, your will, your willpower is going to be connected to Guru. And you're going to be, you're going to have the wisdom to do the right thing at the right time to avoid any uh, unfavorable or negative situation concerning uh, these uh, Arishtas. And, you know, at the same time, if you have the Arishta hemmed between benefics, you're going to be okay. So we can go on and go on and go on, and and you gotta see that you know like the majority of people is like is like this uh, chart. I don't remember the the name of the chart. It's like the demographic chart, where the healthy chart is supposed to be like this 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 way. Like the majority of people are in working age condition, you know, twenties to fifties, and at the end you gotta have like the old people and the new, and the babies. Well, that's how these uh, yogas work. I mean. Very few people have very bad yogas, and very few people have very good yogas. And the majority of us are plain average people, okay? Yeah. And that's what you got to realize. Dushtanas exist because these things are inevitably part of our lives. And if things are connected to these inevitably parts of our lives, they do not necessarily need, mean that you're going to have a bad time. Why? Because all these factors have to be here. Lacknalorn, malefics, confluence, dashas, absence of, of these remedies, these counteractions. You know, and, 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 you know, and also benefics in triconas, benefics, uh, I said in kendras, uh, you know, the configuration of the, of the functional malefics with the functional malefics. There's so many things that have to happen or not happen uh, in order for these uh, arishtas to give result. The same thing can be said about Raja and Dana yogas further on, but that's a topic for another video, of course. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I think you you said it in a very brilliant manner. I think the complete fulfillment to this uh, show comes when we talk about Vipari Raja Yoga, because we, we have been discussing about six, eight, and twelve houses. 
and uh, yeah, but Viparita <laughs> is 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 tricky because I mean, first of all, Ashwin, there are many interpretations of Viparita yoga. Yeah, I mean, or or Viparita. Well, this said, is, I, Viparita Raja Yoga is probably a show for us. Like it can be a separate show. Oh, But definitely. I, I just want to sum up a little bit of. Uh, oh yes. Stuff. Because uh, I think it directly relates to the sixth, eighth, or twelfth house. For example, when you have uh, like uh, sixth, eighth, and twelfth lord connected uh, anywhere in the chart, and if either of those planets are activated, it's going to be a very successful time with a little bit of hardships. Because uh, basically, Dushanas mean some hardships, and you. Oh, cannot... definitely. No, 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 no. It's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes Viparit yeah. yogas are from these people who. Who are orphans and become yeah. millionaires, or or people who had their 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 parents killed, or you know they 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 came from war torn situations and rised up to to big positions. I mean, Viparit yoga exists, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a very difficult yoga to have. Not everybody has it because there are different variations, and you know, I mean, for me, Viparit yogas, all three houses have to be involved. And I mean, you sometimes get. I mean, when you get the the eighth in the sixth, uh, and the sixth in the eighth, or the eighth in the twelve, and the twelve in the eighth, uh, it, it. I mean, no, I, I, found my, very, I learned a very interesting pattern in uh, Vibhuti Raja Yoga where uh, when six, eight, and twelve planets, like like the houses of six, eight, and twelfth lords, uh, the lords of six, eight, twelve are connected with either one, five, or nine. The Viparit Raja Yoga is going to get cancelled, or it's going—it's not going to work in a very fructifying manner that a native might expect, because you—you you are bringing the benefic lords, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that doesn't make sense. So we are uh, this Viparit Raja Yoga exists only with six, eight, and twelve. And, and not only that, I'm going to be honest with you. Really bad results I've seen when you get uh, parivartanas between the the twelfth, the sixth, or the sixth and the eighth, and or the eighth. And I've I've seen very bad results. I mean, for Viparit Yoga, you have to have the three lords involved, and there's there can't be any other planets involved in those houses. Yeah, and it's, and it's very it's difficult to have very that. Tricky yoga. It's a very tricky yes. yoga even to interpret because uh, we can be easily easily wrong uh, in our interpretations. And and I mean, in my experience, I know people say that there are different variations of Viparit, uh, six, eight, eight, twelve, twelve, six. But you know, my teacher has told me this to be really, uh, uh, you know, it, as you said, it's a tricky yoga. You have to be very careful not to predict good things because sometimes it's not necessarily that. I mean, especially when you get Parivartanas. Parivartanas between two of the Dushtanas, in my experience, is not. Uh, that good. It, it it can be it can be difficult. It can, especially if the Lagna Lord is there. Especially is all the other things I've said before. Uh, it, it can be difficult. But it, a pure Viparit Yoga, that's gold. But to find a pure Viparit Yoga is, is tricky. Yeah, it's it's very difficult where you you find sixth, eighth, and twelfth lords together, and uh, it's uh, it's very rare, very very rare. I don't think I've ever seen a chart with only sixth, eighth, and twelfth lord in connection. I don't remember. No, me neither. It's very difficult. I mean, it's very difficult. And and as you said, it's it's biparit. It's it's also it's like nichawanga. I mean, you gotta in my as as I see it, right? You 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 gotta have you gotta go through bad to realize the good. Yeah, exactly. And 
and that's how I see Viparit. And uh, I mean, it's a good yoga, but it's 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 an intense yoga because it's from riches, uh, from from rags to riches, you know, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think to sum up, uh, it is not only that six, eight, and twelfth are always bad. It's it's constructive. It's motivating, and uh, it it also yields good results. If in case we are ready to accept the challenges, definitely, definitely. And as I said before, do not fall prey uh, onto astrological exploitation. Yeah. If you wanna, you you wanna, you know, this this is what one of my teachers say: the best astrologer is gonna be you. You learn astrology, you read, you watch the videos, you watch, you hear the podcast, and learn for yourself. After you achieve a level of knowledge, get a teacher and learn. Because the best astrologer is going to be yourself. And, you know, you can go to 20 astrologers and 20 astrologers will give you 20 different forecasts. Uh, you got to realize that bad things exist, good things exist, and the world is, is filled with those things. And you got to accept the good and you got to accept the bad. And sometimes the bad can be good and the good can be bad. So... Dushtanas are evil houses because of the things we've said, but they're not always evil. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So we'll probably wrap it up here by yeah, yeah. Uh, like, where can people find find you? Like Fernando Astrology, FernandoRollAstrology.com. Oh yes, yes. I have a website. It's mainly in Spanish. It's called FernandoRaulAstrology.com. And I also have my YouTube channel, which is Fernando Raul Astrology, where I make Spanish-speaking videos. Eventually, I'm going to do English videos, but now I want to concentrate in Spanish. And I'm also in Instagram and Facebook and in Twitter. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, thank you so much, Fernando, for joining today. And uh, it was a very enlightening experience. Uh, and it was, it was great talking to you about the 6th, 8th, and 12th courses. Thank you for inviting me, Ashwin. I hope this is the first time of many to come. I, I've really enjoyed it. Talk. I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope your viewers and your listeners have enjoyed too. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, thank you so much again, and uh, that's it for now. Take care.